0: Chapter Three of Moral Tales by Elizabeth Charlotte Pauline Guizot. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Three: Continuation of the History of a Louis d'Or. One day after breakfast, M. de Cidville having a leisure hour, Ernestine begged him to continue the history of the Louis d'Or, and he began thus: The shopkeeper to whom Madame Jerome had carried the Louis was just going out as she gave it to him. He took it, returned her in change a six-franc piece, which was lying on the counter, gave the louis to his wife to be locked up, and departed. As the woman was on the point of putting it by, she heard her little girl, a child of two years old, screaming so violently in the adjoining room that she thought she must have fallen into the fire. She ran to her and found that she had only caught her finger in a door. Having succeeded in pacifying her, she returned to lock up the louis, but it was not to be found. Her shopwoman, Louisa, searched for it also, with great uneasiness. No one had entered the shop. She had been alone, and she felt persuaded that her mistress, who did not much like her, and who often quarrelled with her without just cause, would accuse her of having taken it. Nor was she mistaken. It was in vain that she asserted her innocence, that she emptied her pockets, and even undressed herself in the presence of her mistress, to prove to her that she had not concealed it. She was not to be convinced, and she was the more enraged from knowing that her husband would be angry with her for not having locked it up immediately. On his return she related what had happened, and expressed her confidence that Louisa had taken the money. He was not so sure of that, however, for he knew her to be an honest girl. But he was out of temper, and Louisa suffered for it, and was dismissed. She went away heart-broken, yet carrying with her, without being aware of it, the louis doll in her shoe. At the moment that her mistress, hearing the cries of her little girl, ran to her aid, she laid the louis upon the counter, on which Louisa had mounted for the purpose of arranging a bandbox placed very high. She wore thick shoes to which in order to render them still stronger and better suited for keeping out the damp she had had another sole put but this sole which was not very good was worn out at the side and louisa making a false step upon the counter with these heavy shoes the louis was forced into the opening between the two soles she felt as she descended something catch at her foot but imagined it to be a nail coming out of her shoe and as she was very active and did not willingly interrupt anything upon which she was engaged she merely struck her foot against the bottom of the counter in order to drive in what inconvenienced her this made the louis enter entirely into the opening and as high heels were then worn the action of the foot made it slip towards the toe where it was no longer felt and louisa wandered through paris in search of a new situation carrying with her everywhere this louis which had driven her from her old one not having a character from her master, she could not obtain an engagement. She was an orphan and had no relations in Paris, so that to avoid perishing from want she was obliged to station herself at the corner of a street as a mender of old clothes. This occupation was a very painful one for Louisa, who had been well brought up, her parents having been respectable tradespeople, who had failed and died in poverty. It had required all the gentleness of her disposition to enable her to live with the wife of the shopkeeper by whom she was badly treated, but as she was a well-conducted girl she endured everything in order to continue in a respectable situation. Now she was compelled to hear the oaths of the street people, and the talk of drunkards who often addressed her in a very disagreeable manner, to say nothing of the cold, the wind and the rain from which she suffered greatly. But as her occupation did not require much walking she had not worn out her shoes so that she always carried about with her the louis which had occasioned her so much harm one day in spring when the sun had been very warm there came on suddenly a terrible storm which in a few minutes swelled the kennels to such a degree that in several places they touched the walls of the street louisa had left her station to take refuge under an opposite doorway where she found herself by the side of a lady, dressed in a manner which indicated affluence. She was not young, appeared to be in bad health, and was much embarrassed about having to cross, in her thin shoes, the deep pools of water formed before her. She was not in the habit of going on foot, but this morning, the weather being very fine, and the church in which she usually heard mass being near her residence, she had not ordered her carriage in going to it, having found it however very full she went to another at some distance and while there had sent her servant on an errand she had returned alone had been overtaken by the storm and was much afraid that the damp would bring on a severe cold from which she was but just recovered if i had only some other shoes she said louisa very timidly offered hers but what will you do asked the lady oh i can go barefoot replied louisa but you madame cannot possibly go in those shoes and louisa really believed what she said for poor people accustomed to see us surrounded with so many inconveniences which they manage to do without sometimes imagine it would be impossible for us to support things which they endure as a matter of course but although they entertain this opinion we ought not to share it we must not persuade ourselves that their skins are much less sensitive than our own, nor that they are constituted in a different manner to ourselves. But accustomed to pain, they do not exaggerate it, and thus endure without much suffering, things which we should think it impossible for us even to attempt, and which nevertheless would not do us more harm than they do them. However, continued M. de Cidville, in the present case it was not so louisa was young and in good health the lady aged and an invalid it was quite reasonable therefore that she should accept louisa's offer and she did so louisa making many apologies for not being able to present her shoes in better condition accompanied her barefoot and supported her as she could not walk very well in such large and heavy shoes when they reached the lady's residence she made louisa go in in order to dry herself and at the same time to reward her for the service she had rendered. She also ordered her shoes to be dried before they were returned to her. They were placed near the kitchen fire. Louisa likewise seated herself there, and while talking with the servants, the kitchen-maid took one of the shoes in order to clean it, and accidentally raised up the outer sole which the water had almost entirely detached. The louis d'or fell out. For a moment Louisa was as much astonished as the rest but she suddenly uttered a cry of joy for she remembered that something had entered her shoe on the day she had been accused of taking the louis she related her story and the servants greatly astonished went and told it to their mistress louisa entreated the lady to give her a certificate of what had happened that she might get a character from her master and thus be able to obtain a situation the lady caused inquiries to be made not only at the shopkeeper's where she learned that Louise's account was entirely true, but also in the neighborhood, where she had always been regarded as a very honest girl, and where no one believed that she had stolen the louis. The lady also perceived by her manners and conversation that she was much superior to the station in which she had found her. She therefore took her into her service, in order to assist her lady's maid, who was old and infirm she sent to the shopkeeper the amount of his louis in silver and gave to louisa the louis d'or which had occasioned her so much injury and so much good as often happens with uneducated persons louisa was superstitious she imagined that her good fortune was attached to this louis d'or which she had so long carried about her without being aware of it she therefore would not think of spending it but still continued to carry it about her it happened that her mistress, while going to her country-seat, which lay at some considerable distance from Paris, turned aside for a few leagues, in order to spend a day with a friend, whose house was nearly on her route. She left Louisa at the post-house with her luggage, where she was to take her up the following morning. As Louisa had nothing to do, she seated herself upon a bench before the door which faced the high-road. Presently she beheld a young man riding up to the house at full speed he rode so rapidly that the postilion by whom he was accompanied could not keep pace with him and was obliged to follow at some considerable distance behind he was pale apparently much fatigued and also greatly agitated he alighted from his horse and ordered another to be saddled immediately the ostlers could not make sufficient haste as he was preparing to remount he sought for money to defray his expenses but he had not his purse he searched his pockets, and then perceived that at the last stage but one, where he had been obliged to change everything, in consequence of his horse having thrown him into a ditch full of water, he had forgotten his portmanteau, his purse, and his watch. He was greatly distressed and agitated. "'What!' he exclaimed. "'Not a Louis upon me! A Louis would save my life!' He inquired for the master of the inn and was told that he was in the fields, and that there was no one in the house except his son, a lad of fifteen, and some postillions. Can you not, he said, find one louis to lend me? I will give you a cheque for ten. The men looked at each other without replying. He told them he was the Count de Marville, and that he was going two leagues further on his wife was lying there ill very ill without a physician and surrounded by persons who did not understand her constitution and who were giving her remedies quite unsuitable to her state the news had reached him at paris he had consulted his physician and in order not to lose time had taken post-horses and travelled night and day his servant too weak to follow him had been obliged to stop by the way and as for himself he had just travelled a double post so that he was four leagues from the place where he had left his luggage, and had not a single louis to continue his journey, and save, perhaps, the life of his wife. But to all this the men made no reply. They merely dispersed. The very agitation of the Count destroyed their confidence in what he said. Besides, the postillion who had accompanied him, and to whom he had promised a liberal reward in order to induce him to ride a double stage, was extremely dissatisfied at not being even paid his hire, and complained, swore, and threatened to appeal to the mayor of the place. M. de Marville thought of nothing but the delay, and in his anxiety it seemed to him that the loss of a single hour might be fatal to his wife. Louisa heard all this. She knew the name of de Marville, having heard it mentioned by her mistress. She thought of her Louis. It was the only money she had about her, for in travelling she placed the little she possessed in the care of her mistress except the louis which she could not part with she thought it very hard to give it up still it had drawn her from a state of so much misery that she felt it would be a sin not to allow another to be benefited by it when it was in her power to do so taking it therefore out of the little pocket in which she always carried it she offered it to m de Marville who greatly delighted asked her name and promised that she should hear from him then paying the postillion and remounting his horse he rode off while louisa though she did not repent of what she had done felt nevertheless a little uneasy and the more so as the people of the inn assured her that she would never see her money again the following day her mind was set at rest by the return of her mistress who was acquainted with M. de Marville, and had learned that his wife was in fact lying very ill at the distance of two leagues from where they were. Louisa's sole anxiety now was to regain her louis, which was still at the post-house where M. de Marville had changed it, and it became henceforward more precious than ever in her estimation. M. de Marville did not forget what he owed her he had found his wife extremely ill and whether from the good effects of his treatment or from some other cause he had the delight of seeing her restored to health he attributed her cure to louisa and as he was extremely attached to his wife he considered himself under great obligations to one whom he regarded as her preserver he went to see her at the seat of her mistress repaid the louis and also settled upon her a small annuity on this occasion his man-servant who had some property became acquainted with louisa he married her and shortly after entered into the service of the same mistress as he was a reasonable man he wished her to spend the louis for he knew that it was ridiculous to imagine that anything of this kind could bring good fortune but louisa would only consent to part with it in payment of the first two months nursing of her first child the nurse of this child was a tenant of m dauvray the father of a little girl called aloise to him she gave the louis when paying the rent of her farm and you shall presently see what use was made of it End of chapter three